Rosa Black Uncensored is absolutely not a YouTube-friendly show, although there is nothing actually wrong with it. Tom and Jared get into things most of the church would be afraid to cover. What you are watching now is a heavily edited version of the full episode in order to comply with YouTube's guidelines and standards. There are extremely important topics covered in the full version, things every Christian needs to know, that YouTube will not allow to be discussed. For the full version of this episode, become a member of Daily Renegade today by clicking on the link in the description below. Don't allow YouTube to tell you what you're allowed to watch, talk about, or think. No, 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 no. just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'd rather talk about politics. Man, I'd rather come out as a Trump supporter. Man charged with rape and production of child pornography. That's the headline. We're live, by the way. Okay. Cool. Did what were you saying about Christmas? Oh well. <laughs> Dude, can I just say how freaking crazy people are? Though, can I say that? I mean, this is through the black uncensored, uh, but yeah, I'm just reading this um, headline. You can, stay, you can stay away from it, but I think people are cray cray. I've been listening to a lot of Christmas sermons though from Doug Wilson, and I have to say they're quite fascinating. Really? Yes, they are. The theology of giving gifts has actually been an interesting subject. The history of Christmas. I don't agree with a lot of this research that uh, says it's just it was like a it was just a pagan thing. Like I, I think that's really bad research. I think it's been lazy research, and I think it's disingenuous. But that's just so. Me. Let me ask you this: What if it? What if it was? A it wouldn't matter. It's irrelevant. It wouldn't matter. It's like <sighs> there are no pagan things. Paganism is not attached to nouns. It's not attached to trees. It's not attached to food. Paul makes that explicitly clear. What about heavy metal music, Jared? No, it doesn't. Paganism is not attached to music. It's heavy metal music has pagan roots. Yes, but what I'm saying is the pagan aspect of it was never the music. Paganism is not, it's not things. It's, it's something people do. It's an act of worship. If you use cooking to worship, I could start a Kundalini pagan cooking class. It would never make pots and pans in kitchens pagan. Do you see what I'm saying? So, um, music is not. We would have to pagan. quit cooking with pots you, and pans. Then. Music can be used by pagan people for pagan mm. purposes, but the music itself is not pagan. Paganism I see, is. Not, I, I, I see where you're going with this. Paganism is never associated with things. By definition, it is an action taken on a person as a form of worship. Um, that's why Paul said, listen, this pagan meat that has been sacrificed to idols is what? Not now pagan and off limits. It's just meat. If you want to eat it, eat it. If you got a weak conscience, don't eat it. But it's just meat. Um yeah, it's really dumb to me. It's like, for instance, I think it's fascinating how pagan things have lost their meaning and then they become culturally acceptable. Like, for some reason, Christmas has become a fad, right? Where we, like, you have all these holier-than-thou righteous, righteous am I that jump on this thing that if you do anything Christmas-related, you're pagan, but they're wearing wedding rings, which was pagan. It was this, it goes back to this old Roman ideology that you could bind up the heart by sealing it 
a pagan practice by putting a ring over what they thought. There was a nerve they thought that went from your finger up to your heart, put a ring Your on ring it. finger to your heart, yeah. You're right. It was, it was a pagan practice. So it was actually, by this rationale, anybody that, um, that wants to remain pagan-free should not wear wedding rings. Is that correct? Yeah. If, if, the, if their definition of paganism is you know falls in line with things themselves can be pagan then yeah they would they would if they want to be logically consistent they wouldn't be allowed to wear wedding rings they would have to divorce themselves from um all the days of the week you know you would have to like you wouldn't be able to have a good monday because it would be the moon day you know and you couldn't you couldn't sell it you couldn't do anything on odin's day i mean it's like it gets it gets really ridiculous right so like i always go back to genesis 12 to me, it's it's an interesting thing where Abraham is a sojourner. I don't ever hear anybody talk about this, but um, the only thing I think people could argue about is the, the meaning of the word more. But Abraham comes to this tree. It's one of the great oaks in the land of Canaan. And I, as far as I understand, the, I mean, everything that I've looked at as far as scholarly research indicates that those oak trees were known for being great oaks. They were referred to as the great oaks. They were very, very large, great trees. And we know from pagan history that trees, oftentimes large trees, were used as places where they taught um, they taught people the ways of, of, of paganism, the occult. You know, uh, they worshipped, they sacrificed under these trees. Uh, you know, even later on when we study, um, uh, you know, like my presentation that I gave in, Ohio talking about the Valley of Hinnom where they sacrificed babies, you know, the, they sacrificed underneath on every hill and underneath every tree. But you go back to Genesis 12, six, and you had Abraham that comes to this thing called the tree of Moray. Right. And the best I can tell that word Moray translate, could translate to Oracle or teacher. And if it was called Oracle or teacher and they're in a pagan land, then what were they teaching? And what was this divine oracle? What was this supernatural element to the tree? Well, this tree was used for occultic purposes. It was big, uh, and it was in a pagan land, and it was being used for occult purposes just based on the name. It was known as the... So are trees occultic? Right. That's the question. Can, can any tree just itself be occultic, or can it be used for occultic purposes? But this is where it gets interesting. The Lord meets Abraham at the tree of Moreh. And not only that, it, it, like, you know, there's this... The, he, Call Abraham ends up building an altar. It's consecrated. Something holy happens at the base of a, an occultic tree in scripture, right? So, like, God, like, to say that even if, and I, I'm not making the case, I don't think Christmas trees, number one, the Sol Invictus thing, Saturnalia, that's December 17th. That's not December 25th. If you look at the way the early Christian church started celebrating Jesus's birth, they were doing things semi-annual that moved to yearly. It changed many times. They settled on December 25th, not because of Saturnalia. That's December 17th. If you want to get really literal, you're not going to be dealing with the literal December 25th Solus Invictus. And what's funny is the church was already celebrating this when Solus Invictus was instituted, right, which was Saturnalia. So it really, to me, it's the best that I can tell. Like, and I, I know everybody wants to quote um, – Alexander Hislop's, uh, you know, book. I, I'm sorry, but I think that that book has been discredited so many times. It's it's be it's beyond ridiculous at that point at this point to quote it. He's wrong about just about everything he says in that book, and I really I really think the research indicates that the church 
was doing what the church did and which was looking for a day to communally celebrate Jesus's birth. They had quite a few holidays that they instituted um, and that you had the Romans, which really got upset, uh, tried to co-opt it. And they actually created a, a side-by-side uh, worship, right? To, to corrupt what the Christians were actually doing. A lot of people would say that's stupid because nobody else believes that, but that honestly seems to be what the research indicates. You're not going to find any primary like like primary resources that indicate that anything of what most of these ignorant people on the internet are talking about is actually factually true. But going back to this point of uh, the tree, literally you have an occultic tree used for occultic purposes that God consecrates with a holy spot, meaning Abraham at the base of it. To say that God can't take something pagan, even if you're dealing with something pagan, which the tree wasn't pagan, people used it for pagan purposes. God takes offenses to him and he makes them holy all the time. To say he doesn't is to deny the very work of salvation itself. He takes something that is odious and repugnant to him, which is us, the sinful flesh. He consecrates it, consecrates it. He makes it holy. We don't do that. He does that. Um, and things can lose their meaning, like cultural holidays. Like I just be like, dude, me, it is not against scripture for men to be able to make a holiday. It's just not, you're not going to find any positive affirmations in scripture that rule out that people are not allowed to celebrate something, you know, like if, um, we're not allowed to celebrate birthdays. A lot of the people that come against Christmas, I'll say birthdays aren't allowed to be celebrated. And that's ridiculous because like by nature, that's a Jehovah's witness belief. They're, by nature, we're gift givers because God is gift givers. By nature, God is celebratory. And God doesn't limit us just to the only days that he's consecrated as celebratory. And besides that, I'm not one that believes that we're still supposed to follow, like observe all the feasts because I think all of the feasts were fulfilled in Christ. Um, and God, you know, anyway, but that's, that's another topic for another day. But to say that, like, we're gift givers because we emulate God, like to – to give gifts to people to want to celebrate, to spend time with family, to enjoy these things is something that's natural. It's not off limits. You're not going to find any case in scripture that says you can't do it just because it like are, are trees pagan any more than house plants or aloe vera plants or palm trees? You know, no. Are lights pagan? No. You can use them for ambiance or mood altering, whatever. You go into a restaurant, they cover the trees with lights, they have live music, boom. Are you in a pagan environment? No. Why? Because nothing pagan is actually happening. The only thing that would make Christmas as it's celebrated day pagan is if you're completely ignoring God and worshiping yourself or worshiping another God directly, which in this culture, that happens. You have a lot of people that treat Christmas outside of what Christians should treat it as. You're going to have a lot of abuses of everything. There are a lot of unsaved people that go to church that do church things in a way that aren't actually, you know, consecrated by scripture. They're not observing the Sabbath and keeping it holy. Um, that doesn't mean it can't be done. It doesn't mean that's not the individual responsibility of the Christian. I know for us, like I'm trying to, like I, I've honestly kept an open mind over the years and I come down hard on this. I've thought about it a lot, but this is what my Christmas looks like, Tom. Starting on December 1st, we read Bible study. Wait, wait, wait. What does your Christmas look like, Jared? Go ahead now. We, we do Advent. Every night, my family sits down, and uh, we light a candle, and we read a Bible study, uh, usually out of John or Luke. We talk about it. Right? What we color is the candle? It's just a regular white candle, but it's in like okay. a... It's in like a special advent holder. So you light an additional, there are four candles. You light an additional candle for each week that you progress into December. And uh, dude, it's a blessed time, dude. I talked to my daughter about Jesus's birth and his death. 
what that means, why we celebrate, what the nature of gifts are, what should be important, what's not important. You know, the spiritual warfare aspects of feasting. You know, when we feast together as a family, we proclaim to the entire spiritual world that God is good and he's blessed us. You know, these are things that aren't, these are, <coughs> these are wonderful things to take the blessings that God has God. given us, share them with the ones that we love around us. And um, also to the glory of God, while at the same time, keeping our, our focus on him. Um, I'm trying to figure out what's pagan about that because all the glory and honor goes to Jesus. So sue me. I tell you what, I'm not, uh, best I can tell in scripture, uh, there's nothing that prohibits it other than most of these verses they use from the Old Testament being thrown out of context. Like this passage in Jeremiah that, that says it speaks specifically against Christmas tree. Well, considering Christmas trees didn't exist at that time, even in like the form that Saturnalia would have had, there's not, it's talking about carving an idol and worshiping the idol. It has nothing to do with putting a house plant in your house. Um, that is one of the most misquoted, misrepresented texts I've ever seen in my life. It's bad exegesis. So, okay, so so stop right there. Horrible. Real quick, real quick. It's not honest. It's uh, it's May, and you put a tree in your house, mm -hmm. and you decide to put lights on, on it. Mm -hmm. Is that pagan? No, not not an ounce of that is pagan. Well, what about what pagan. about Jeremiah though? If I brought a tree into my house. And I carved it, and I began to worship it. It's not talking about a tree in your house being off limits. It's talking about and decorate it and worshiping it. It's not just talking about. It. It's not. It's not just talking about a plant that you're putting things on. It's talking mm -hmm. about carving an idol to worship. If you look at the way idols were crafted, they created images to worship and adorn those with silver and gold. They put things on it. They decorated it or they dipped it or they made it completely out of metal. I mean, you had a lot of silversmiths that made idols that, you know, later on in the book of Acts, you saw people that made idols that got really upset when that business was taken from them because people, the Christians weren't, weren't buying them. Um, so, so wait, let me ask you this real quick. Would you bring a golden calf into your house? <laughs> <laughs> Only so I could chop it down, smelt it, and sell it for the uh, for the actual price of gold. So yeah, you. Bet I mean, that's your, a good question. You bet that's your a good bottom question. You bet your bottom dollar I'd bring a golden calf into my house. But what's the problem? <laughs> Once again, what's the problem? What was it about the golden calf was that was the problem? It was an object they worshipped it as a god made to worship. No, they created it as a physical representation of God Himself, which was a problem. It wasn't just some alternate God. It was like, this is what we're going to worship representing God on the mountain. And it was a horrible offense to God because that's one of the, like, it, it's an awful thing to try to represent the holy and eternal God with anything physical and created. It's a huge, uh, it's, a, it's, it's something that is an abomination. That's why we're commanded in the Ten Commandments not to make a graven image. And I think that even pertains to Christ because, yeah, well, that's, that, I think, um, J.I. Packer does a good job of explaining that, why we shouldn't make images of Christ. But anyway, long story short, dude, no. Paganism is not associated to nouns. It's not associated to things. Um, and I get it. I, there are probably some Hebrew roots people, TOs, Torah observants, that are like listening to me. And I'm not even coming close to exploring the depths of the arguments. I'm aware of that. I'm simply stating a very brief, uh, abbreviated series of my own conclusions. Uh, but I'm firm in them, and I think that they are absolutely ridiculous people out there that are throwing this much shade at people. It's ridiculous. 
at uh, at the church that uh, I've been attending for a few years now. Uh, I'm I think you would like it a lot. Anyway, obviously, just like ninety nine point nine percent of other churches, there's going to be Christmas services next week. And those services are some of the most powerful evangelical services of the year. Now, our church really does powerful, you know, sermons, um, you know, to preach the gospel, to reach the lost. And they, they're involved in missionary work. They're involved in all kinds of work, just helping the poor, helping the needy and and just doing all kinds of ministry in all kinds of areas. Um, but there's going to be, I think, six services next week. And it's all going it's, it's to be about exalting God. It's all going to be about reaching the lost. Because obviously Christmas time is the time that you get the most people, you know, coming to church than any other time. Hence the reason why they got to have six services to accommodate everybody that shows up. Uh, and I, I don't know how many people are going to get saved. Let's just say dozens of people are going to get saved. Yeah. Okay. Maybe more. We have, you know, could be over a hundred people. I don't know, but people are going to get saved. It's going to be a turning point for people right now. There's people that are lost. They're going to come, they're going to show up with their parents, you know, the prodigals, whatever and they're going to show up back at church and they're going to hear a message and something's going to click with them there's going to be marriages healed you know there's going to be people healed physically you know just all kinds of stuff you know um and there's nothing special about the service except for it's used as a tool to reach the lost yeah it's a day when so, so many people that don't go to church come to church preach the gospel yeah I mean, you could, you could, they, they have a lot of things they use as tools to reach the lost. And I look at it as um, like Christian heavy metal music is a tool to reach the lost. Okay. Anybody knows anything about heavy metal music? It was birthed in occultism and paganism and Christians came along in the late seventies and early eighties and began copying the style, just like we've always done. Okay. Now let me say this, uh, for a long time, Christians led the arts, but now we're kind of behind it. So Christians have come along and taken that type of music and they take any kind of music they can. Um, and they use it as a tool to preach the gospel. Personally, I'm for me that this time of year is a time where I spend time with family. The older I get, I I'm, I'm not really Dude. tradition. It, it, it means something different to me. It's like, so it's a, whole, um, I think it's a good thing. The whole idea of, of, um, Christ's present rule and reign in scripture is that his government is continually expanding, right? In his rule and reign, that there's a continual maturation of the church and his government and his rule continues to expand as we take the gospel to all, areas of the world right and that if you look at where the early church was when it started look how much it's grown you know and there have been you know lots of problems and, and periods of chaos and turmoil in different places but by far and large look at the christian church today it's not going anywhere it's massive 
I mean, the body, the, the Christian church itself is massive compared to what it first was, and it only continues to grow. And like any government that expands, you don't go in and you just, you knock down all the buildings and like you, t you take a country, you don't go in and destroy its infrastructure. The thing is like, um, it's a perfect example is what God did in Genesis 12 with Abraham. You know, I mean, you have this, God didn't knock that tree down and make another one grow, you know, magically and then say, no, use that one. This other one's corrupted. Everything is God's doesn't matter it doesn't matter is he is it literally the 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 meanings that pagans try to give things that are gods you try to you try to take a day that god created you know the scriptures say this is the this is the day that i have made you know this is the day the lord has made not me i'm just speaking as god this is the day the lord has made i will rejoice and be glad in it there's not a single day that any occultist gets that god didn't make it was never his in the first place and it's so interesting to me in history how you have the devil that crops up and he, and he makes something, right? And then it's not off limits. God constantly walks all over him by taking it, you know, taking it. You take a tree and you use it for, for horrible purposes. Guess what? God can take it back. Um, and there are people who say, go, you know, we're not supposed to have any holidays outside of the feast days. I, I would everybody's screaming at the computer screen and I would fundamentally disagree with just about everything that you think about feast days and, and Jesus being, you know, fulfilling them. Um, I, I, I'm definitely a new covenant believer. Uh, but my point is like these things lose their meaning because of the expansion of the church. Nobody looks at a wedding ring and thinks of the ancient Roman pagan ritual that it was supposed to literally magically bind a person's heart to the, their love. It's, it's a symbolism. Nobody looks at of, it yet. Yeah. No, it loses its meaning in Christ's kingdom. It loses its right. meaning. It's not what it was. And Christmas Number one, I don't think had its pagan origins. I think the pagan origins crept in. The only people that are giving pagan meaning to Christmas are the people that are out there screaming about how pagan it is while people are worshiping Christ. I'm sitting there doing a devotional with my family about Jesus Christ, his birth and his death, and I'm being told I'm pagan. Who is the one that's giving more power to Christmas is it me doing a Bible study with my family, following a biblical model of raising my family in admonition of the Lord, or the ones that won't get off their high horse for five seconds with, without trying to enslave the minds of the people around them? That's a huge problem. While we're doing a devotional, you want to tell everybody they're paying for doing it just because it's December? This is psycho. I think if people are going to be consistent, then wedding rings should uh you know should be counted out i think if people are going to be consistent then you can't listen to any more christian rock music any more christian metal music okay because it has pagan roots has occultic roots i you know out of all the things out there that are wicked okay and i'll play the devil's advocate i'll say maybe there's some pagan roots in Christianity. I haven't re I don't care enough to research it out because even if there are, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. Now I will tell you that I, at one time I did believe that. Okay. And when I was, when I was a teenager, I, I used to go to the library. I was researching. I was trying to write a book. Did I ever tell you this story, Jared? I, I think so. 
okay, I was trying to write a book on spiritual warfare when I was a teenager and I would go to the library and I researched and I, in my research, I learned about Christmas and uh, Christmas trees and a book that I found, you know, somewhere in the library. And I made a decision then I was like, wow, I'm not going, you know, I think Christmas trees are bad. I'm not going to have one. And I did it for a long time, but I'll tell you what, when I was faced with real evil, I was like, okay, this is not it. This is not it. This holiday or this holiday, you know, is not it. When I went through um, just the most darkest times of my life, it had nothing to do with these holidays and me, um, me opting out of these holidays, you know, added nothing to, to anything. So I guess, I don't know. I, I wish the, I wish those that come so strong against this, I admire your, I admire your passion. I admire um, your beliefs, you know, or, or I respect your beliefs. You're allowed to do you, whatever you want. I personally wish that they were directed in another direction. Like how about against human trafficking? How about against the murder of the unborn? How about against satanic ritual abuse? How about against the rape of children? How, do, how about against uh, these things, you know, all these headlines that I'm reading on Real Dark News, you know, the child pornography, the, just uh, of all the evils in the world. And people spend so much time uh, just uh, attacking Christmas trees. Ridiculous. And attacking, you know, this holiday when, again, I just use the example of my church, okay? This, um, what's going to happen in the next week or so through Christmas services. Jared, I, I would say that probably Christmas is the number one holiday besides maybe Mother's Day where people show up to church. Would yeah, you agree it, or disagree? That's factual. It's yes. not even up for debate. It's okay. factual. So I would say that people over the next week, we're going to see more soul saved that we'll, we won't be able to count them. We won't be able to prove it, you know, but I think it's fair to say that we are going to see more soul saved in the next week than we have all year round. I, I you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm way off on saying that, but I'm, I'm as far as church, services are concerned and people showing up at church and um being under the teaching of a gospel centered message or an evangelical message uh i would say the number one opportunity is this week and pastors and churches know it and they take advantage of this tool to reach the lost yeah yeah i agree um so yeah, I, I I'm not. I don't try to force anybody to celebrate Christmas, but I just wish those that no. have such a weak conscience about it would just shut up when it comes to the rest of us, because you're very annoying, and I think you're ignorant. I really think you're ignorant of the reality of history and what it means. I think you've bought into some really poor research, um, and these are some areas where you can go check it out. I mean, Doug Wilson, Michael Heiser, they've those are the two people primarily that I've looked at, other than looking at some of the. Uh, 
early church fathers material, which they draw upon here. But even some of the things about, like I see people passing the Spurgeon quote around every year about how Christmas is pretty much pagan. Dude, he's a... I have almost every sermon that Spurgeon preached. He celebrated Christmas. Spurgeon celebrated Christmas every year. He was a big fan of Christmas. He did Christmas sermons. Um, he did not appreciate, nor did he agree with the way the Catholic Church did it. Every time he attacked Christmas, it was the way the Catholic Church was celebrating it. Um, you can attack the way our culture celebrates Christmas. You can attack. You can attack the way the Catholic Church celebrates Christmas. You can attack. Anything that's being done in a, in a wrong or an unbiblical fashion, but when you attack believers that are within the scope of a, a scripture allowed, their Christian liberty, worshiping him, and you tell them they're pagan, well, you got a problem because you're, you're coming against God himself. I mean, you really are. And I, I'll be, I'll be, I don't care if I'm the last person on the earth saying this. I'm not going to, there seems so many people that there's so much opposition to this now. It's not because people are woke. It's because they're ignorant. And I will double down on Alice Cooper on this one until the day that I die, because I think it's as scripturally sound as anything. And I think it's what all the evidence actually points to. Um, I'll be the last person celebrating Christmas, even if they come and lynch me. I don't care if it's cool now. Um, but anyway, here, God Rest You Mary, Why Christmas is the Foundation of Everything. This is an awesome book. It goes into some of the history that I'm talking about and some of the some of the actual evidence suggests that the Romans themselves were actually trying to co-opt what the Christians were doing. Christianity was exploding, and it really freaked a lot of people out, um, so on and so forth. So I know everybody thinks they're experts when it comes to Christmas, but I can assure you, uh, I'm not an expert, but I think that the actual evidence and the primary sources and what was written about and how far it goes back, the most of the history that I hear on it, I think it's just, it's just bad history. So, so that's it. That's I guess I want to I want to say this that uh, if you think that Jared and I are opening up in a, de a debate, we're not. We're yeah. probably not going to debate. We don't have time. We're too busy trying to do you know trying to help as many people as we can we're too busy trying to take care of our own families we don't have time to have an argument about christmas everybody else is arguing it's not getting anywhere i refuse to no. waste my time these everybody are my thoughts else has said their two cents so we're saying our two cents dang straight all right guys well that's it that is the free portion of the show if they're still doing that i don't pay attention always to how it gets chopped up but uh Tom and I are going to move into some real dark news stories. Maybe talk about our lives. If we angered you, so what? Just pull up your pants and just agree to disagree. Don't be one of those hey. babies out there that just can't handle somebody having a different opinion. It's okay. I've literally been doing nothing for the past two years but watching people differ with my opinion, and I'm just fine. Like, I've survived. Tom has survived. If, uh, if we're on different sides of this argument, that's not the first time it's happened. It's all over the New Testament. It's all over God's word where Christians disagree. We're allowed to disagree. Yeah, so. we totally are. So if you disagree with us, why don't you come on over and subscribe to the Daily Renegade, and then you can come to the, the paid-for portion of the show, and you can disagree with us over there too. So we'd love to disagree with you on both halves of the show. And uh, we love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us, whether you agree with us, whether you hate our, our opinion. doesn't matter. Uh, we love you anyway. And uh, we'll see you over there at the last half of the show. So come on.